Thank you, Stephen. Stephen shared a perspective-changing story with our children. We hear another perspective-changing story from our text for today, which comes from the uh, ninth chapter of the Gospel of John. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he'd said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, no, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. And then I went and washed, and I received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And again, good morning. Uh, <clears throat> this giving up things for Lent thing, uh, I, you know, it seems to be getting way out of hand. I, I, I don't know. Little did we know uh, that we would be giving up worship, we'd be giving up classes, we'd be giving up small groups, we'd be giving up school, we'd be giving up public gatherings, and oh my God, no, we're giving up March Madness. Something really serious must be going on. Uh, but we are learning valuable stories about our vulnerability and our, you, <laughs> our, our need for community, and uh, we're <clears throat> being taught lessons about humility in this, uh, this whole process. And uh, we will continue the ministries and mission of this church. Uh, it, perhaps in creative and new and different ways, uh, but uh, it's a challenging time and our church family certainly will rise up uh, to the challenge. Our theme for the season of Lent has been the lens of Lent. We focused on these stories from John, these long, wonderful stories, and today's story comes again uh, from a familiar chapter, chapter 9, and I invite you to reflect with me this morning about uh, what I'll call re- visioning. There's a poem that contrasts different points of view and the author writes something along these lines. When others take a long time to do something, they're slow. But when I take a long time to do something, I'm being careful. When others don't do what they're supposed to do, they're being lazy. But when, when I don't do it, I'm just too busy. I've got much on my hands. When, when others do something without being told, they're overstepping their, their bounds. For me, uh, that's initiative. When people strongly state their opinion, they're being bullheaded. But when I do the same, I'm just being firm. 
when other folks overlook a few rules of etiquette, they're being rude. When I skip a few of the rules, I'm being original. Amen? Right? Isn't that odd? Isn't that odd how we can look at the very same thing and see it in such different ways? It's, It's a challenge for us to try to look at the world through another person's eyes, through different lenses, uh, or, or consider another viewpoint. And I, I think I'd like to refer to this process as revisioning. Uh, literally, the word, word revise means to look at again, and the word can also mean to correct or improve. And so if we combine those things, I think we can look at things again to correct or improve practices that may not be all that helpful. This kind of seems to be what Jesus is up to in today's scripture lesson. Jesus engages in in some confounding theological conversation with some of the disciples and other religious folk. And he challenges them to rethink some of their basic understandings of the way God works in this world. And I'd like to consider some of those perspectives uh, from Jesus today. First, he talks about this relationship between sin and suffering. He has been teaching in the temple in Jerusalem and he has offended some of the religious leaders. Ah! Shocking! That has never happened before, right? Anyway, he and his friends exit the temple and they come across this man who was born blind and the man uh, uh, seems to be familiar to all of them just as some of the faces of the poor in our own community become familiar to us as we see them on our corners in the streets of Louisville, but uh, the blind man is probably forced to beg, and so he places himself in public places where lots of people pass by and have the chance to help. And for some reason, for some reason, the disciples have a question for that day. Uh, We're not sure what prompted it. It could have been something uh, Jesus said when he offended the other folk in the temple, but on this day, in this story, they want to know Who sinned? Who sinned? This man was born blind. Who sinned, the man or his parents? This is one of those stump the preacher kind of questions, like why do bad things happen to good people? You know, just to us it seems a bit ridiculous. Why Why would they even think there's a connection between the man's blindness and sinning? Well, some folks back then believed in prenatal sin, sin in the upper womb, so to speak, sin before birth, if you will. Uh, Some people held on to the the feeling that uh, children suffered because of the sins of the the parents or the grandparents or even the great-grandparents, and that was all passed down. And I wondered this morning, do you believe that? Do you believe it? In, in the case of the man born blind, he believed the parents and grandparents and great-grandparents did something horribly wrong to cause this. <laughs> did God decide, I'm going to strike this baby blind in the womb because of something his family did years ago? What kind of a God is that? Hmm. Do you believe it? You know, we might think those are old, archaic understandings of the way God works, but some people still hold on to those ideas today. You probably run into them. There's a book out there titled, What Do You Say to Job? Mm, Think about that. But 
The focus of the book is on a woman who suffered for many years with multiple sclerosis. It's a disease uh, you know that it's chronic. It gradually weakens uh, the body and paralyzes the body over time. But this woman has been astounded by some of the comments she has heard, not from enemies, but from family members and friends and folks who know her well. Here are just a few painful examples. One of her best friends said, you know, you, you must like to be sick. You bring so much of this on yourself. Another person said, oh gosh, you know, I, I know just how you feel. I had, a, I had a bad case of tennis elbow last month. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making this up. Another person said, good friend. Another person said, God, God must really cherish you to, to trust you with this burden. I'm like, gosh. And this one, this, is, this one blew my mind. Somebody said, I know you fake your limp to try to get attention. That was said, that was said by her pastor said by her minister and he was entirely serious unbelievable Jesus proclaims neither he nor his parents sinned if God blinded all the sinners we know in this world you know (laughs) you know what we'd end up with because we are all in need of the grace and mercy and love of God he says sin didn't cause this blindness but hey you know let's let's reveal the glory of God here let's celebrate what God can do. One of the ideas that's expressed in the Gospel of John is that miracles are signs of the glory and presence and power of God. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they have a little different perspective. They often emphasize God's uh, compassion, Jesus acting because of suffering. But, But John talks a lot about glory. And I think they're both important perspectives for us. So perhaps we can see the glory of God revealed in the compassion of God. You know, Jesus offers a revision of the link between sin and suffering. He also offers a new view about working on the Sabbath. Uh, Again, the whole story seems ridiculous to us when we read it, but a man born blind miraculously receives his sight. He's brought to religious leaders, and how do they react? Do they jump for joy and sing, hallelujah, thanks be to God, this is great stuff. No, no. No, they they get upset. They get really angry. Because it's against the rules and regulations in their book to make mud pies on the Sabbath. You know where that, it's somewhere in the Apocrypha, I'm not sure where. But Jesus again offers another view of the way God operates. This God is not confined to human rules and regulations. This this God loves to be unorthodox. This God loves surprises. And these people are typical of those in every generation who condemn anyone whose ideas of religion are not theirs. And, And so we, I think, are challenged to think about ourselves and whether our current views are limiting our understanding of of God. And during Lent, this kind of self-examination is uh, appropriate. What are the religious understandings that govern our lives? 
Are there behaviors and beliefs that have lost their meaning for us? Have, have we misplaced our priorities and sense of purpose? Uh, uh, this process of revisioning is important, not only on a personal level, but on a, on, on a grander level, you know, in our community and, and nationally and, and globally. For instance, there have been far too many stories about different perspectives fueling mistrust about this global pandemic right now, right? Nations are rising up against nations, blaming each other for the problem. Too many people are trying to politicize this crisis. You know, we've got leaders who are lying while people are dying. God help us. But you and I know, like other diseases and other disasters, this one knows no borders. And we are in this together, and we're connected in ways we never imagined. And I think too many people are looking in the rearview mirror to cast blame when we all need to be looking ahead to work together to bring healing and wholeness in this world on so many levels. In the midst of this pandemic, <laughs> we may be tempted to complain about lost, lost money, lost routines, lost opportunities, lost March Madness, lost entertainment, lost whatever, but too many people are losing their lives and too many more risk that possibility. So we need to revision a way to, to view each other as people who are together in this global community. We do need to do a lot more bridge building. We are called, I think, to be revisionists. One of the interesting and intriguing things about this uh, story is the way John has all these reversals. It's, 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 I love reading these stories. If you've read much of John, you know he loves irony. He, he, you know he loves to flip the script. And so in this story, the religious leaders are the ones who are supposed to be the great teachers to help people see. Help people see, see God, lead people to a greater understanding of God. But in this story, it's the man born blind who's given sight. It's the man born blind who helps the religious leaders see. And if we examine the story very closely, we'll see that the man not only gains his literal sight, but he gains his spiritual sight as well. And he discovers who Jesus is. And, and, and there's a marvelous series of a profession uh, that deepens as the story goes on. There's what I'd, I like to call maybe a series of progressive revelations about the ident identity of Jesus. Listen to, listen to what the man says. In verse 11, he simply says, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you, Jesus opened my eyes. That's, I'm, that, it happened. By verse 17, the, the man gets to the point where he says, Jesus, he's a prophet. Later in verse 35, Jesus asks him a question, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man wonders, well, where is he? Who is he? What are you talking about? And, and Jesus says, hey, baby, you're looking at him. You're looking. I'm talking to you. And the man gets it. The man gets it and he enthusiastically proclaims, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. 
And I, I think this morning we need to remember that question's our question. That question is our question. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of God? Because the way we respond will change our lives. The way we answer this question will change our point of view. You know, we, <laughs> we may end up with a new revised standard vision for living. And so, friends, let us have the courage. Let us find the strength to profess with the insightful, once unsighted person in this story. Lord, Lord, I believe.